You have reached Road Talk, Navigating Your Journey, a ministry and podcast of the Discover Young Adults Ministry at the Preston Crest Church of Christ in Dallas, Texas. We meet at 945 on Sunday mornings, and we have small groups all throughout the week. We are located at Preston Road and Highway 635 in North Dallas. My name is Jacob Hawk. I'm the Young Adults Minister and the host of this podcast. It doesn't matter if you are single, dating, if you want to be dating, if you're married, if you want to be married, or if you're divorced, or if you're trying to figure out at what stage of life you are passing through. At the Discover Young Adults Ministry, we want to help you discover life, discover love, and discover the Lord. If I can help you or serve you in any way, or if I can pray for you, please email me at jacob at pressandcrest.org. Well, I'm so glad that you've joined us back here again today for Road Talk, Navigating Your Journey. I hope you're having a great day and that you are getting in the Christmas spirit, by far the greatest time of the year. And we are finishing up a series that I entitled Sent, Swallowed, and Saved that takes a brief look a pretty quick overview of the life of Jonah in the book of Jonah in the Old Testament. And today we are finishing up that series by looking at Jonah chapter 4. In 1836, the fight for Texas independence was raging at San Antonio de Bajar. And if you are from Texas and even if you're not, but especially if you're from Texas, I'm sure that you remember most of the details of that story. I lived down by San Antonio for seven years, and I continue to learn more about our state's history living down in that part of the state. But you probably remember that the Mexican general's name was Santa Ana, and he pressed his Mexican army north from Mexico City, up to the Alamo through the brutal winter. The Battle of the Alamo, which eventually began after much back-and-forth dialogue and attempts for diplomacy, the Battle of the Alamo really only lasted a total of 13 days as the Texas Patriots refused to surrender. All of the men inside the fortress died fighting on behalf of Texas. Mexico won easily because they so outnumbered the Texan army. But while the Mexican army was busy recapturing the Alamo, another army under the direction of Sam Houston organized, rallied together, and would soon defeat Santa Ana just a few weeks later at San Jacinto. You see, General Santa Anna won a huge battle, but he lost an even bigger war. And the story of Jonah ends the same way. In Jonah chapter 3, Jonah wins a huge battle. He finally goes to Nineveh. He preaches a sermon. The whole city, from the greatest to the least, they repent, and it would be terrific if the story ended in Jonah chapter 3. 
It could have been the biblical fairy tale of everyone lived happily ever after. But you know that's not how it ends. In chapter 4, Jonah loses the war. Even though he won a huge battle in Jonah chapter 3. The book begins with Jonah running from God, but the book ends with Jonah in rebellion with God. So God asked Jonah a few questions. And you know, when God takes the time to ask you some questions, you usually don't want to answer because you're always in the wrong. God asked Adam after he ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, Adam, where are you? God asked Cain after he committed murder, Cain, where's your brother? Jesus asked Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? Yes, when God asks you a question, you usually don't have a very good answer. But that's exactly what Jonah chapter 4 is. It's a chapter of God's questions. And we're going to look at those questions as we finish this series over the book of Jonah. The first question is when God asked Jonah, have you any right to be angry? Now that question takes place in verse 4 of Jonah chapter 4, but if you jump up back to verse 1, you see why God asked this question to begin with, because the writer tells us that Jonah was greatly displeased and he became angry. Jonah was displeased and he was angry. The meaning of those two words is significant. The word displeased in Hebrew means to see as evil. Jonah believed that what God was doing for Nineveh was not only crazy and not just unfair, but morally misguided. God was providing the Assyrian people the chance for salvation, as he had done with Jonah. But Jonah was displeased. He saw it as evil. It reminds me of what Paul wrote in Romans chapter 11, verses 33 and 34. Paul said, Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor? Jonah thinks that Jonah should be God's counselor. But this was way above Jonah's pay grade. It didn't make sense to Jonah. And so Jonah was displeased. He was angry. That word anger there in verse 2 means to burn. The depth of God's love burned in Jonah's heart like a fire, but not with appreciation, but with anger. The type of anger that I feel when I hear someone wanting to promote abortion. The anger that I feel when people use the Lord's name in vain or when people distort God's plan for marriage. That's what Jonah felt in his heart about God's mercy. Even though he had been given the same mercy. But even though Jonah is so displeased and angry with God, he admits in verse 2 that that God's gracious, that he's compassionate, that he's slow to anger, that he's abounding in love. And that's why Jonah ran from God to begin with. 
He says, this is why I ran for Tarshish. I knew you were going to be this way. I knew this was going to happen. In Exodus 34, when Moses is receiving the Ten Commandments a second time, because Moses broke the first set, God says that he is compassionate, that he is gracious, that he is slow to anger, that he is abounding in love. And Jonah admits, God, you're exactly who you told Moses that you were. But I am still angry. In fact, he's so angry that he's back to the suicidal Jonah, like we found in Jonah chapter 1. Jonah says, oh Lord, just take my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. Did you catch that? Jonah would rather die than to watch people receive life. Now compare that with Jesus who died so we could live. Quite the contrast, isn't it? So, we completely understand why God asked Jonah, have you any right to be angry? The answer to that question is a resounding no. But here's the second question in verse 9. Do you have a right to be angry about the vine? Verse 5 tells us that Jonah went out and sat down on the east side of the city and there made a shelter, sat in its shade, and waited to see what would happen. Now, we don't know if Jonah spent all 40 days in Nineveh preaching when he told them, you have 40 days and you'll be overturned, or if he preached the sermon, got out of the city and perched up high waiting for the 40 days to be over. What we do know is that he planned to be there a while. He wanted to watch from afar. He wants to be the first one to the movie theater to get the perfect seat to watch the fire from heaven. Now, that vine has always intrigued people. People usually ask, well, what kind of vine was this? Some have labeled it as a castor oil plant, which was common in that day. It grew about 10 to 12 feet high and had huge leaves to provide shade. We don't know what kind of vine it was. It just says that the Lord provided the vine, and the Lord provided the worms that ate it up. It says the same thing about the fish that swallowed Jonah at the end of Jonah chapter 1. The Lord provided that fish. Personally, I think it was unlike any other type of vine in the existence of mankind. There's never been one like it before. There will never be another like it. It was just for this situation. Just like we have a Jonah fish, we have a Jonah vine. But notice what the writer tells us in verse 6. Jonah was very happy about the vine. Do you realize this is the first time in the entire book that Jonah had been happy about anything? <laughs> and what's he so excited about? Something he didn't plan, something he didn't grow, something he didn't take care of. He loved a plant, but he hated the souls of men. And so the Lord takes it away as quickly as he gave it. And Jonah's angry again. In fact, Jonah's so angry that it says it would be better for me to die. Again, Jonah would have rather died than have found shade elsewhere. It's hard to keep a guy like that motivated. But here's question number three. God asked Jonah in verse 13, Should I not be concerned about that great city. You know what Jonah's biggest problem was? It was Jonah. 
his own personal satisfaction was more important to him than people's souls. Jonah is furious that Nineveh gets a second chance. Jonah is outraged that God removes Jonah's personal shade tree. And so God calls Jonah to the carpet. God says, Jonah, you were concerned about a silly vine which I provided for you. You did nothing to make it happen. But there are 120,000 people who don't know right from wrong. They do not know left from right. And you think that I should not care. Oh, how often we can be the same way, can't we? We can be more concerned about our own investments or interest or image than we are people. And all the while, there is a lost and dying world out there, but we're concerned about the little things when God is concerned about the big things. God is concerned about every soul, and we should be too. It's our job to preach the beauty and the truth of the gospel. It's not our job to be the spiritual police. That's God's job. And as we teach, we trust God's judgment when God says, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. Yes, when God asks questions, they're painful to answer. Because most of the time when God asks questions, we're wrong. In the last chapter, God asked Jonah three questions. And as far as the biblical account is concerned, Jonah's existence ends with a question. An unanswered question, I might add. Now, we have to guess how Jonah would have answered. And the best we can do is hope that he would have answered the right way. But you know, on the Day of Judgment, when I approach God and when I see Him face to face, I don't want that conversation to end with a question. I want that conversation to end with a promise. I want to hear, well done, thy good and faithful servant. And I know that you do too. But if Jonah's attitude is our attitude, if Jonah's actions are our actions, I'm afraid that that conversation will be full of questions rather than promises. Questions like, why were you more concerned about a debate among brethren than the spiritual destruction of your neighbors around you? Why did you talk more about the length of worship services on Sunday morning than the length of eternity that awaits all of us? Why were you more concerned about the security of your budget than God's power? Why were you more interested in investing in stocks rather than investing in souls? Why were you more focused on bricks and mortar than streets of gold? Why are you more driven by who sits in the Oval Office than who sits on the throne of heaven? Friends, none of those questions have fun answers. Live your life in such a way that when you approach God, you hear a promise, not a question. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. And for that to happen, 
We must walk by faith, and not by sight. And this brings an entire year of podcasting in 2021 to a close. If you have been with us this year, thank you for taking a journey with us through the Word of God. We've talked about many different things, and we look forward to what God has in store for Road Talk in this coming year. As always, share it, subscribe, let people know about this ministry. And most of all, keep your eyes on heaven. Have a Merry Christmas, a wonderful new year, and I'll talk to you in 2022.